Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Good. Your table is ready for Carmen in Lima's emerging podcast scene. I just thought about this. We're brought to you by Extend. No, I can't bring up my dad anymore. Keith will make fun of me. So never mind. Forget it. Forget it. Forget <laughs> come it. Forget on, it. Forget come it. On, no, 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 no. Is there a development? No, there is none. I was just going to, I'm going to go down. There's got to be a development. No, I'm going down with the Axeman uh, Saturday. Two? Uh, to go visit. Oh. I'm just going to take him out to eat. And, and I was thinking, I never ate this much. Yeah, you want no dessert? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Is he going to be with her? I don't know. Probably. Wait, you got to know that ahead of time because you got to prepare him. Prepare who? You, Axel's you, met the woman. Yeah, but that's that's more intimate of a setting now. Huh? Now you're on the road. Play a no, road game. I'm weird going, uh, yeah. If she wants to come out to eat, she can come out to eat. I don't care. I'll, I don't I'll care if it is a food. neutral site. It ain't home. Yeah, we got to flip a coin for this one. <laughs> would, you, would you let... You're, di- uh, you're a bad example. Would you let your dad pay for your lunch? <laughs> I can't hey, look at all. I can't just, look at live. It's just gonna end up coming from the taxpayers. <laughs> yeah, your dad gets three squares a day. What are we talking about? You get extra fruit cocktail. Wow. <laughs> I saw at the commissary he was able to make some trades. What he does, I've... he gets four soups, and then what he does with you build up the things you can do with flaming hot Cheetos when you crunch them up and you pour the water in there. <laughs> the, escape. the escape from Alcatraz. Who's <laughs> this? His dad just starts making paper mache heads right there at the friendlies. I just had to think of a restaurant that wasn't around anymore. There's like oh, no friendlies around. That's anymore. right. Friendlies. I is... think there's still the brand ice they cream. They sell the there. ice cream. Yeah, but yep. they don't have the restaurant. That's what type we buy for Chris or for birthdays. Oh, that's right. Friendlies. friendlies. That was a big part of going to friendlies was the dessert. I remember one time I begged my mom to go to friendlies because I thought I should have got student of the month because I was really good. And she let me go. Was there a difference between friendlies and big boy? Like a big difference? Food wise? I didn't mean ambiance wise. <laughs> well, you walk in, they treat you like royalty. <laughs> I had you. What you... <laughs> I'm just thinking of the. Well, at friendlies, they go, they go, come on in. Good, good to see you, big boy. They go, set your ass down. Yeah, oh, we got bad. food to eat. They're here. like the Dick's Last Resort. I had a terrible experience at both. So, friendlies, I, I <laughs> bitched my mom to no end, begged and begged and begged because I thought I should get, I should get to go to friendlies because I was such a good boy that year. And I did not get student of the month, and I thought it was BS. I thought it was totally rigged. I was so mad. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, knowing you I now, I can see that coming from you. I was so nah, because I was. Who was your competition? I, the kids who got it, they were like the straight A kids, and I'm like, dude, I busted my ass. I cleaned up after you, lady. I did all this. I'm not gonna say who it is because she died. I'm like, I cleaned up after you, lady. I did all this stuff, and I didn't get this. This is ridiculous. I was pissed the rest of the day. And I went home, and I begged my mom, and my mom was like, finally, forget it, F it, we'll go. 
And so it was like this, like, well, I don't even want the front loose now if you're just going to be a jerk about it. But then she and if like, it's going to be a charity case, it, whatever, yeah. And I kind of felt bad about the friendlies. And then the time we went to B- Big Boy, I told you we were coming back from seeing the lights at Ogilvy in West Virginia, which is back then the kids don't do that now. If they think something sucks, they just tell you it sucked. I had to sit there and act yeah. like I thought the lights were cool. It wasn't cool. No, how old were you? Dude, I was like eight years old. I didn't think the lights were cool. I thought eight year olds would think that would be cool. No, they and- don't. We go on this long no, ass don't. drive in the middle of winter to West Virginia. Oh man! And we go take a look at the lights in Ogilvy, and for whatever reason, you're gonna laugh your ass off here. I went through a phase I would not eat. Well, I was not hungry. Very and like short back then, phase, huh? yeah. Well, doctors they sit there and they go. Now they go. Well, if the kid won't eat, he's just not gonna eat, and there's nothing you can do. And when the kid eats, he's gonna eat a lot because they're going through a growth spurt. Right. Back then, if you didn't eat, it was a personal insult to your family. And my uncle, um, my uncle was a good guy, but he he did not deal with children well, and that's why he didn't have children. He just had nephews. He had me and my cousin Jimmy, and Jimmy's older than me, and there. So he would take Jimmy out with his with my aunt Wanda, and then he would take me out with my aunt Wanda, and I had to go to Ogilvy, right? And so I I bore the brunt of the second line of that stuff. And I remember at the, we went to Big Boy, and I'm like, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat. And he's like, I'm going to order you something. He got pissed off. And I remember, like, he is sitting there, like, in my face. He's like, you're going to eat this. And, like, he's cussing. You're eating this damn food. You eat it right now. And I'm, like, gagging. Oh, you're an embarrassment. You are an embarrassment. Like, live right there in front of other people. (laughs) You are embarrassing me. I go, you're embarrassing yourself. I'm just an eight-year-old kid not eating. You're yelling at me. I, was, I, was, oh, I had to be younger. No, I had to be younger than eight. I probably was about... No, I was younger than eight because Aunt, Aunt Wada died right before I turned eight. So I was younger than eight. I had to be younger than that. About six. I'm impressed that you have the memories that and, and that you could go back in time and you just place together. Like, oh, okay, I had the family death that year. I have extinguished so much... Of the childhood well, memories, like oh, they, yeah, when you're running from your past, they, that kind of happens. I mean, right? They really are. They're gone. I can't. Uh, there, Sarah's childhood. My wife, her childhood comes up all the time. Oh, your wife, I didn't know. I for those newest. So that comes up all the time, yeah. and then I have nothing. I have nothing to regale her with. Of hey, here's the reason I am how I am, or this is what I was doing. I just didn't have any of that. So I was in a way, I'm jealous. I'm jealous, but. In another way, if I moved tomorrow and went to a new city, I could just make up a childhood. Yeah. I could just make you up could. whatever I wanted. Well, that's a great point. Why do you think I moved here? There you go. You, can, you really can run. Yeah. There are so many people that truly do that. You only see it in movies and shows, but it actually happens in real life. People reinvent themselves. The amount of people that I remember from my high school that were loners or they were um, swimming against the stream – and and just run against the wind, run against the wind. Didn't fit in or whatever, right? Yeah. And then I'd see these people. They either lived all over the country, went away to college, out of state, came back. Some of them were just too smart. They were just too smart back then, and they didn't know they were antisocial. And they come back, and they got kind of good looking, good vibe about them. They're making money, and it's like, what did you do when you went elsewhere? You just created your own backstory. 
You got to create Good your own backstory Good. and got Good. to do whatever you wanted because high Good. school does not matter. Thank you. Like, high school just doesn't matter at all, but we think it does. We think it's the end all. Like, I was all about trying to be cool in high school. That was the only thing that mattered. Yep. And then you realize later, that doesn't matter at all. Oh, just wait till you have to parent through it now. There are some Because I'm dealing with that now with oh. my high schoolers, and it's just, I just tell them, like, you got two more years. None of this matters. You can but leave. they think it's the only thing that right. matters right now, right? Yeah. Like, none of this matters right because, now. Because, like, it, it, this is sad. Like, okay, I had a lot, like, oh, and you had a lot of friends in high school. And I Lima, had all the friends, yeah. You, you Sorry? I had all the friends. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a lot of friends in high school, and I can say that unequivocally. Like, and, again, I was an a-hole in high school, too. I I, I am ashamed of how I was. The stream, the, the, the dump is not on, by the way, so be careful about our language here. Um... I, I was an a-hole in high school, and I'm ashamed of myself for it, and I've apologized for it, and I've, I've, I've publicly admitted that, obviously, on the air and here, but I look back on it now, and I just go, man, like, you know, I, it was without purpose, because there was a lot of people, like, yeah, they might have been loners, but I, I always found those people fun. I always I always liked those people, and I got along with a lot of those people, but... You know, there was also the the whole thing to fit in, and you were just it was like, there was pointless. And I feel, I really feel terrible about that now. And if I could take it back, I would, because now I look back at it and I go, it it had to be difficult then, and we were just getting into AOL. Like, man, it has to be impossible now with everything, like social media and stuff, and it just follows you everywhere you go. Like before, like. I don't know. Like in our parents' generation, go to school, get through school. Yeah, it's going to be a bad day. Kids are going to pick on you, whatever. But then you can come home. And, you know, hopefully your home life isn't hell. And then you'd get a reprieve from whatever was going on. Yeah, man. And then you could start the next day over. And then maybe you and a couple of people who are kind of in the same situation, maybe you guys would bond together and be friends. And and then hopefully you'd get through it and you'd realize two years out of high school that high school didn't matter. High school is pointless um, to that type of thing. Now I don't I don't know what I would say to him. I don't know what I would say to because it's twenty four seven now. I because I, I, I try the only thing I try to say is like guys, this doesn't matter. And the only thing I say it's easy for people my age to say this doesn't matter because I've been through it. But for them, it's their whole lives. The stream is just continuing, or the uh, the dump is continuing to go. It's just continuing to move. Now we're getting rid of it. Now we're getting rid of it. Did you say something? No, no. I he just set the he set like the to have it, it on, and going. I didn't even because it's always on. Yeah. I didn't notice, but they were using this room for a different studio uh, last week. So I wonder if things got changed there, and now I'm worried that I the fabulous, messed something up. The fabulous sports babe was broadcasting yes, right here, that's so you know who she, was doing she needs a five minute <laughs> dump. People didn't know that, but she does. Can um, can you imagine? So we we go to this coffee place in Bay Village, and oftentimes me and my wife we're out of things to talk about, so we just listen. <laughs> we listen to everybody else's conversations. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, and oftentimes, like if it's in the three thirty range, the local middle PM. school yeah gets out. They get out, and there are all these kids, and they don't drink coffee. They drink whatever other juices and whatever else yeah. is there. I don't know how they have the money to do this, by the way. I mean, I add it up every day. Like, Steal it's it. it's crazy. I'm not, I, maybe there's, should I check my wallet well, when I go Christmas in there? Christmas time just came around. It's every day, Owen. I wouldn't be allowed no, to do Anthony, that every day. The buy middle, a $5 drink the every day. Like, in Avon Lake, the middle school in Avon Lake is across the street from Giant Eagle. Giant Eagle has a Starbucks in there. If you go on the local pages, it's just people complaining about, 
I tried to buy groceries today, and there's 800 middle schoolers in here. They're saying every F word that you can think of. It's an amazing time. Well, we're brought to you by Extend. We we listen into these conversations, and then we see there'll be a table of like, and they'll be in uniform, so they're just coming from the local private school, and they will sit there and they will be having discussions on. Uh, what is it? Politics. Instagram Live. Santos. Yeah. They'll be doing Instagram Live the entire time. And I'm like, I can't imagine if Snapchats. everything I was doing could potentially be recorded for all, for posterity. Like, I can't fathom that. And I know they're not thinking like that, and they're making mistakes, and we all made our mistakes, too, in different ways. At that age. But oh holy God, crap, I would be doing a show. Like, oh knowing knowing how I was then, I would be doing, like, a show. Oh, yeah. Here Hold we go. Like, I'm going to do my show. Forum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go, my and, and I'm gonna make everyone laugh because I have to have attention and I have to I have to get laughter, and so I'd be saying outrageous things because I will... I know what I was doing at that time. I was saying the most outrageous things yeah. that you could in eighth grade, and people were like, "Whoa!" and I was like, "All right," but he laughed, and like well, I'm yeah, gonna keep doing like Jameis have... Winston on the picnic table at Florida yeah. State. You, you didn't have, well, you didn't have guideposts then. No, and you didn't know what was in poor taste. I told oh you, I, no! I knew it was all in poor taste. Yes, but poor taste yeah, was funny you didn't though. Know, yes. like, to your to your cohorts, you didn't know poor taste had ramifications. Like right. um, that's true. I had, I don't know if I am even comfortable telling this on the podcast. I had a very strong religious argument in what was it eighth grade with my buddy Eric Perry, and uh, I feel bad for this lady. Um, I don't want to say her name. I wanted. I want to actually, because she was. She's not. She's. Say I think she then. still teaches down there, but she's. She was I'll nice. dump it. No, <laughs> she was like right out of college, man. She was like twenty-two years old. She was very young, and we we're like in eighth grade, so we're just knucklehead idiots. And you could tell she was shook by what we were saying to each other. Shook. <laughs> and I mean, I would like if my son was in eighth grade, and I caught my son and his buddies. Like, if my son and the next-door neighbor were talking to each other like that, i grab them both by the neck. Mm. But I was in eighth grade, and, I mean, she, gra- she grabbed us and, like, out the door, and, like, she was in my face. Like, she was like, if you keep this up, you're going to be nothing but a loser. You are <laughs> going to be a loser. I'll tell you off the air what it was. It was incredible. I mean, it was, it was horrific. It Believe was me. really, really, really bad. When my kids got their phones... And I, I try to not be the parent that goes, let me see your phone every day. You know, like every once in a while, like they know they've screwed up. If I'm like, give me your phone, unlock it right now. And then I just start and half the time I'm not even doing anything on there. I'm just scare tactics. Right. But the first time I remember going through a group text and my oldest was in seventh grade then at the time. And I see it and I see all these kids saying things in this group thread of like 15 other seventh graders. And I'm like, Oh, but at least it's not my kid. And then I scroll down, I scroll down, and then I see the blue bubble. Ooh, yeah. And I see that stuff, and I'm like, what do I do? Do I get mad about it? Am I going to be a hypocrite? Because I say some. Yeah, you will be. Rather blue things. You got to be, though, no, right? No, but you know what? You're a damn adult. And well, you're we've allowed talked to understand about. That so... there's, there's, there, but you know better, and you know that there. Hold on. You know, Sorry for yelling at you for about your own well, thing. Well, you're you just about told to. F- me. Yeah. You understand that there's consequences. They don't. They don't, and they don't understand that they're what they say. And this is what I get afraid of with Axel, and this is what I get afraid of with my other kids. And you should be afraid of with your daughter someday. And frankly, you should be afraid of with your kids right now. Afraid. That there are serious consequences that are that come back on you for what they do. Oh yeah. 
And that, I mean, that's. Oh yeah, I've I've been fortunate enough yeah. to spend a decade in a community. Now I I left for a couple of years. We lived in Parma for a couple of years because of you know circumstances. But yeah. I'm in a community now where I've done a lot to be active in it. So that when things come up. I get that same kind of Mounds, Oklahoma feel that I had growing up where people just text me and they go, hey, this is what I'm seeing from your kid. Instead of finding out the hard way and like, you know, being friends with the school resource officer has its advantages at sometimes, you know, when they go, hey, I see this, you know, they're hanging out with this group. You might want to just uh, try to steer them in a different I got that. Uh, I got that talk to in the middle and I might have brought this up. You know, years ago, but my middle school teacher pulled me aside. I talked to that middle school teacher. Oh yeah, I met him at a football Oh yeah, game. you did. Uh, he took this is not BS. He took me aside because of the kids I was hanging out with in eighth grade. He knew there were some family things going on at home, and a couple of these kids happened to be on my aunt street, and we were going down a path of doing some really stupid, bad things and very destructive things, also to other people's stuff. And they always know more than you think they do. Especially the the administrators and the the people in the community that oh, care, yeah. they actually keep tabs on idiots like me. Right. And thank God, uh, they're you know you might think they're being nosy, but you know someone's got to do it because clearly it wasn't anybody in my life that was doing it. And he pulled me aside and he did the. It was uh, looking back, the strategy was brilliant. He was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and he brought me in and we talked sports. Like I was like, this is interesting. We're talking sports. I'm talking sports with the principal. And, you know, we're going because he knew I love sports and knew I listened to sports talk radio even back then. You and your sports talk radio. And he brought, I think Bill Simmons was on the air. Uh, he brought me in and kind of lulled me into a false sense of security and then was like, all right, let, Anthony, let's get to it here and got more serious than I'd ever seen him before. And he was basically like, you're, you're going to ruin your life. Like uh, he goes, I, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before or just coming out of my mouth, if that's even going to mean anything. He says, but you are right now. He goes, I, he goes, I see it. You're in all these honors classes and now your grades are starting to slip. Like what's going on here? Honors. Congratulations on all your success. That's right. Well, but I was, I was teetering. Kenny I was teetering. He was, he was a kid. He was an at risk youth. I was, I did turn into that. And he called it out and saw it. And, of course, when you tell somebody they can't hang out with their friends. like I obviously, see that group you've been running with. Don't yeah. think I haven't noticed. And I, I was very defensive, as you can imagine. But it stuck with me. So, obviously, and I didn't get rid of those guys, like, the next day. Were you as defensive as me when they bring up the shot clock mm-hmm. conversation at 640? We got callers on it. I know. They're so <laughs> full of it. I don't care. Keith and Andy can go pound sand. I was fine. Just so you know, just so you know, our staff is not always on board with every segment we do. Well, I think just on that, real quick, it was the right time because winter kids going to school. That, that's what I high school starts like, at seven ten, seven fifteen. I go, who cares about <laughs> high school basketball? People going to high school. They're going to high school at six forty. They're both wrong. Keith and Andy need to figure it out. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> attention to high school stuff. It ju- we should talk. I more. won an award from the OHSAA. You want to tell me? Yeah, when people Kenny are did to win the prestigious OHSAA. Uh, and I got it because of Anthony. The the Purple Heart from Inca the OHSAA. Hoops. What do they call it? How do That's I nominate you it. next year? How do I nominate you this coming year? Can I do that? Just just based on the one the one football game I broadcast. I'm gonna text Randy. And go. I nominate Anthony Lima. Please, Wait, Anthony Lima. Randy Raven. 
That <laughs> is a have secret. Any do not. You do not have any dump, dummy. Those uh, are e- that guy's not supposed to know I read his emails out loud to you. Uh, anyway, uh, all I'll say on this is I did not oh I did not ditch those friends right away. And then later on, two two of our little Chesterland gang, uh, bicycle gang members, uh, they ended up like the outlaws. They ended up on Fear Factor. The two of them oh. with Joe Rogan. With Joe Rogan. So they made. How it. were how were his sideburns at that time? <laughs> he was still challenging some of the contestants to fights at ah. that time. Before we bring on Kurt Angle, and when I say bring on, I mean play the recorded interview. Did you, did you get the thing I told you about? I put two extra ones in there. Okay, good. Um, I wanted to bring this up to you. We talked about this over the summer, and I thought of you. So I go to the store. I'm gonna ne- I'm gonna mention some name brands here, but I got to do it. I go to the liquor store, Giant Eagle Liquor Store, right next to us. You know, it's a state ran liquor. Well, store. I mean, yeah, state I mean, they're prices? all state. Yeah, they're all state. Like sometimes I stop in Twinsburg, but I, you know, I was really close, and the the snow was starting to come down, so I was like, I can't get out to Twinsburg. I would I would have seen Marcus. Oh, but, you don't want to let your guy know, huh? Yeah. Well, no, I like Marcus. I would have went out there, but the snow was starting to pound, and I had to get going because I had some stuff I had to put away from out back. This is on Sunday, right? And uh, I see there's uh, is it a new thing to sell Weller now in Ohio? Uh, I don't know, but it's well, everywhere. I mean, I see it everywhere now. It's not so much a new thing. That's just kind of. What is out? Because a couple of years ago, you could get there was Buffalo Trace as far as the eye can see, yeah. and now you got to know a guy. Really? Yeah. Because one time I went to Vic's house, and Vic's like, "You like? You're gonna like this stuff. This is Buffalo Trace." And I was like, okay. "I used to drink it like I was buying bottles of Jim Beam because it was everywhere." Really? And now I can't find it. So I saw the I I I, I figured you know what? It's past Christmas. Today's the day. Today's the day I buy a bottle of scotch. And I went in and I saw this because I saw this bottle during the summertime. And I said, that's an attractive bottle. I'm going to buy it. And it was this brand called John Barr. And I've never had it before. And I realized, boy, it's been a long time. John Barr Sports Overnight America? I've had scotch. No. Because I told Owen yesterday, I was like, man, I had scotch yesterday. This was on Sunday going into Monday. I said, I had scotch yesterday, man. And, like, I still taste it today. Ugh. And I'm like, man. I gotta tell you, this thing is like a handle of scotch, mm. and I'm going. This thing might be sitting on the bar for a while. This this one might because usually I go bottle by bottle. I don't collect bottles. I don't. I don't have hobbies. So it's like okay, I like Black Velvet, Old Crow, Canadian Club. When I like to treat myself, I like my Jack Daniels. I mean, I'll say what it is, right? And uh, I bought this John Bar, and it's fine, but it's man, it's. It's different from the usual sipping whiskey that I have, and I'm like, this is. I might have to go buy a different bottle and leave this here, and little by little. But once I get to decent weather, I'm not going. I'm not drinking scotch in 80 degrees. No, weather. that is not happening. No, the only time I ever even saw it, um, when I was getting old enough to to know the difference or anything, was at at, at older adults' places and in the winter. That is when they would do it. There was a guy that used to fix my car, Andy Hugel. Used to put brakes on and everything, and it would just be scotch. And he'd go, come over here, and I'd be like 22. And he's like, come on. Come on, grow up a little bit. This will put hair on your you-know-what. And I would drink it, and I'd go, no. And Okay, but I would have said that. At that time, I would have said that with bourbon. And I would have said that with a lot of things. And now, you know, then 10 years later, I was starting to drink the bourbon. I was starting to drink basically everything. 
I tried scotch again. I'm like, no, still not into it. And I tried scotch. It was downstairs at the father-in-law's last last Christmas. Not this one, but last one. Did some of it again, and I'm still like, no. I still don't love it. I don't know why my, for whatever reason, my palate, which has changed in every regard. For every, I can eat any food now. Didn't used to. Used to eat mushrooms. Used to eat this. Used to eat that. I did mushrooms once. Now I love it all. I've, I've never actually, would you believe, I've never done those I mushrooms either. I got nothing from it. Really? I was like the only guy. Really? Anyway, um, my palate changed tremendously. Oh, you're talking evidence. about the other mushrooms. Well, I was talking about both. Just regular. Oh, I way, thought we were talking about like pizza mushrooms. No, I was, but then I was talking about oh, yeah. the other. But anyway, I, now at a restaurant, I'll eat anything. I will literally try anything uh, just just to do it. When you're in a nice restaurant, I'm like, yeah, I'll try. We share everything, whatever. I'll try it. But for whatever reason, alcohol, scotch, my 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 palate never really changed. The taste buds. It's supposed to change, what, every seven years? Seven years. Is that even true? Do you really want to get into this deeper tomorrow on yeah. Thursday or, you know, whatever? I do. Okay. I do because I want to know what I'm missing. Because I've done, like, like digestifs, right? You know, I've, I've after after the meal, I can't even remember the stuff that we have. Negroni. DJ Steve's? D- well, Neg- Negro- Negroni's and stuff. But I'm talking about <laughs> that grain alcohol that... Everclear. You, what is it at Italian, Italian uh, restaurants? It's always... On the menu, someone will tweet Gasoline. it to us. It, it, that's basically what it is. And you're like, all right, oh, what is, uh, what is it? Grappo, Graupo, Grupo, Graupo. What is it? I think it's Grappo. I, I, I don't know. It's called Grappo. My father-in-law always has it, and you know, I've gotten used to it, so it tastes better. But it's like scotch. Like I'm just not. I'm just not into it. I want to get into this deeper. Grappa, that's what Grappa. it is. I want to get into this deeper coming up on Thursday. So put a pin in that because I think that's a great thing. I want to remember it because I know you love talking about booze. Uh, I right do now, love the though, booze. Kurt yeah. Angle's coming to Streetsboro, Ohio uh, tomorrow, technically, Wednesday, the 25th, 5 to 6.30. I got the chance to talk to Kurt Angle uh, Friday. So we got into some really good stuff here. Uh, this is Kurt Angle with me. Talking about his appearance in Streetsboro tomorrow here on The Fan. Take care. Joining us right now on the hotline, Kurt Angle, the Olympic champion. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A legendary wrestler, 
a guy who really needs no introduction. I hate saying that, Kurt. Kurt, I don't know how to introduce you, but thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. That was a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have better ones. Uh, Kurt, you're coming to Streetsboro on Wednesday the 25th, which is the town I live in. Tell everybody where you're going to be and what you're going to be doing. Well, I'm going to be at Dean Capoto's Powerhouse Gym. I'll be doing a Q&A there, uh, also signing some autographs. I'll be there from 5 to 6.30 at night on the 25th of January. Hopefully people can come in. I can meet up with you. I'm representing this company called Curable Active. The Twitter and, and Instagram handles are at Get Curable, uh, K-U-R-I-B-L. Uh, this company is incredible. I've been with this company for about a year. Uh, it's a CBD pain relief cream that works incredibly well for your joint pain, muscle soreness, arthritis. They have it in CBD form and without CBD form. And the CBD form is THC-free. They're also selling it on Amazon right now. So the company's doing incredibly well. I'm very proud to be a representative of the company, and uh, it's really helped me through my life. You just reminded me of something personally there, Kurt. I want to talk to you about that at the end and talk to you about Curable Active coming up here in a bit. I want to talk to you, though, obviously about you know your career and everything that, that you've been through personally. You know, First off, when I said I told somebody at the radio station, I told somebody at the TV station that I was going to have you, and they had said, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, what? Somebody had worked with you? You did TV at one point? You were a TV reporter? Yes, I was for Fox, for Fox 53 in Pittsburgh. Um, I was a sportscaster for about a year. That didn't work out real well. I wasn't that good. <laughs> the person I talked to said you were great. <laughs> you know what? By, by the time the year came up, I was pretty decent. I wasn't good or great. But um, I, I went on there, no rehearsal, no experience. My first night on the air was, was a disaster. What happened was I walked into the studio, I ran into the producer, my scripts went up in the air, and they went out of order. So I sat down to read the sports, and he said, don't worry about the script, it's out of order, just read the teleprompter. So I go to read the teleprompter, and it goes black, and nothing's popping up. And I'm like, oh, my God, what, do, what am I going to say? And the producer's in my ear saying, Kurt, say something, say anything. And I ended up remembering what the first segment was. It was uh, basketball. And I brought that up, and uh, then I said, let's go to the highlights. And, and, and then the next sporting event, I picked the wrong one because I didn't have a script, and, I, and the teleprompter was broke. So I ended up saying football's up next, and it ended up being baseball. And the whole eight minutes was a disaster. It was the first night I was on the air, and my week, weekday sports anchor told me he's been in the business 15 years, and that never happened to him. But that's how my sportscaster uh, career started, and that's pretty much how it ended. Oh, my God. I had one moment, like a weekend, where my prompter, like, went black, and it was a new person they were doing prompter with, so they were, like, switching to the weather, and they didn't know, and I just had to make it up off the top of my head. So I do sympathize (laughs) with you, Kurt. You know what? I I didn't even know how to improvise at that point in time, so I was, like, stuck. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was scared to death. What's the question of your of your career you get asked the most that you like? Um, about about my matches. I, I, I really had a good reputation of having some really solid matches, some great matches, some of the best matches in history. And that's what the fans remember me the most by. I also, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I was pretty entertaining as a 
as a professional wrestler, sports entertainer. Uh, I did a lot of funny stuff, uh, goofy stuff. It was a lot of fun for me, but I was able to do that stuff because of my legitimate background. Mm-hmm. The fans would still take me serious if I was, uh, you know, a, uh, if I was a goofball and a, an idiot, you know. So I kind of made an idiot out of myself a, a lot of times on the show. But the fans still took me serious when I'd wrestle because of my background of being an Olympic gold medalist. So it gave me freedom to be a little more entertaining. Kurt Angle joining us on the show. What year was your debut? 1999, November. It was uh, almost the beginning of 2000. Uh, I only trained for about seven months. And uh, that's not a lot of time to get ready for WWE. Usually the average wrestler takes three to four years of training. I did it just seven months. And from the day I started on TV till 10 months later in my rookie year, I beat The Rock for the World Championship. I mean, I, I, I had an incredible rookie year. And uh, a half a year after that, I beat Stone Cold Steve Austin for the World Championship. So I beat the two biggest names in the business my first year and a half in the business. And I actually became a big star myself. I was really surprised at how quickly I picked it up. So I'm a kid, Kurt, when I'm watching. Kurt Angle joining us on the show. And I saw, like, I don't, I don't know if it was your first match. I just remember the first time I ever saw you. And I remember you come out and this guy, gold medalist, All-American, yeah. everything you want. And I'm thinking, good guy. And then you win the match, and then there's the exuberance of the celebration. Is that your idea? Is that creative's idea? <laughs> Who came up with that? That was Vince McMahon's idea. That, that was all him. He felt that if I did the same thing as actually when I, after I won the Olympic gold medal, I dropped to my knees and I celebrated. He said, do that thing. Every time you win, I want you to do that because I want you to get on the fans' nerves. You know, Vince McMahon started me out as a heel, as a bad guy. And I said, Vince, that's not going to work. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I'm a hero. Uh, the fans are going to cheer me. He said, no, they're not. Trust me. If you do what I tell you to do, they're going to boo you. You need to start out as a, as a heel, a bad guy, because the fans don't know you really well yet. So they're not familiar with you. So it's, it's easier to start out as a heel, a bad guy, than, you, than to start as a baby face. Uh, he's absolutely right, because the first time you like you came out, I'm like, okay, this is a good guy. And then you did it, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like this guy. I really don't like this guy at all. So he was very <laughs> smart when he did that, Kurt. Yes, it was. He, he's brilliant, yeah. What's the question you get asked about your career that you maybe you get asked too much and you get tired of answering it? You know what? I don't get tired of answering questions. I, I love when the fans ask me questions. I'm very open. I'm an open book. I talk about my career. I talk about my, my problem with painkillers. Uh, I talk about the disease of my life. Uh, so I, I really don't get offended or upset. Or I don't, I, It's not that I don't enjoy talking to the fans. I'll pretty much answer any questions. Kurt Angle coming to Streetsboro, Dean Caputo's Powerhouse, coming up on Wednesday, the 25th, 5 p.m. Go check it out. Take me through what was going through your head when you were trying to put Shane through the glass. <laughs> Infamous street fight against Shane McMahon. That match was crazy. Um, we both ended up in the hospital that night, and we were so stupid. We were in the hospital high-fiving each other, and here we are. I got a, I got a crack vertebrae in my back, and Shane has a concussion, and here we are celebrating like we just won the Olympics. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it was a great match. I remember trying to throw him through the glass. The problem was they ordered the wrong glass. It was supposed to be candy glass. So when I threw him through, he's supposed to go through pretty easily. 
but they ended up ordering the wrong glass. They had plexiglass, which is really dangerous. And we didn't know this. So when I threw Shane through the window, through the, uh, the glass, he didn't break it. He bounced off a bit, landed right on his head on the concrete floor. I was like, oh, my God, this kid, he got a concussion from it. And uh, so I told him, let's move on. Let's go to the next fight. He said, no, throw me through again. I'm like, this guy's a crazy son of a gun. So I ended up throwing him again, and he didn't go through again. Then I ended up, I said, let's just move on. He said, no, you're going to throw me through the glass. The third time I got him through, thank God. And uh, when we went out the other way, we went out the glass again. I decided just to throw him head first because I didn't want a chance throwing him <laughs> two punches through the glass. So, and the crazy thing is he got like 28 stitches that night. I mean, we went through that, pla- that, that plexiglass. Shane went through it, got cut up really badly. My shoulder got cut up because when I followed through the throw through the glass, my arm went through it. The glass fell down on my arm. So I ended up getting about 12 stitches in my arm. But it was a crazy right. night. That match is one of my favorite matches, to be honest with you. And it wasn't even a wrestling match. It was a gimmick match, a street fight. Kurt Angle joining us on the show. What did Vince say? I mean, Shane McMahon's a grown man at that time, and he wanted it, but what did Vince say? Vince almost came out and stopped the match. I was told that he was at his last wits. Uh, finally, when Shane went through, he sat back down in his seat and, and, and let us continue the match. But he was getting ready to go out, go out there and stop the match because that was his son, and he was really concerned yeah. about Shane. Kurt Angle with us on the show. So, who is your favorite wrestler to work with? You know what? That, that, that's a tough question. Uh, in ring ability only, I would say Chris Benoit. Him and I had some incredible matches, especially the Royal Rumble 2003 for the world title. I also really enjoyed working with Shawn Michaels. I think he's the best overall entertainer I've ever been in the ring with. I really had a blast working with him, too. You were trained by Dory Funk and Tom Pritchard, is that correct? Yes, sir. We started at the Dory Funkin' Dojo, and uh, I was there for about two months. We only trained five days a month, unfortunately, so I didn't get a lot of training at the beginning, but that's how long the, the camp was every month. And we go up to the WWE headquarters, and we train at their warehouse a couple miles from the headquarters, and Dory Funk and uh, Tom Pritchard were incredible teachers. Uh, they, they're the ones that started my career. They taught me the, you know, selling and bumping and psychology. It was a really great experience for me. What was, I mean, I've always heard that Dr. Tom is maybe the greatest trainer in the history of the business. You just spoke volumes about him. I mean, what has he meant to your career and other people's careers? Well, he's the best kept secret in WWE. He was the guy that trained everybody, and he was really good. And the thing was, he was really basic, but it was very effective. I have a lot of respect for Tom Pritchard. He was in the business for like 30 years before he, he started training people, and he has a lot of experience, and it brings a lot to the table. When you win a championship, what's it? I, I mean, hey, I, I'm not going to compare it to an Olympic gold medal for crying out loud, but when you win a championship, like I think there's a little bit of a disconnect for the fans because it's like, okay, this is this is a performance that you are putting on a performance right. for everybody. And, and we're meant to believe it. We're meant to be taken in. And I, obviously I want to, what's it like though, when you've been trusted to, to carry the championship for a company? Well, that, that's a great feeling because when you win the championship, that means the company trusts you to carry the company for the next, whatever months that you're champion. Uh, that means they put everything behind you. They're putting your, their money behind you. 
They're going to push you like no under other, and uh, it's a great opportunity. And any wrestler that's in the business knows if they get the world title, they're going to run the company. They're the ones that are uh, the head of the company, that are representing the company at its best, and uh, it's a huge honor to be able to be champion. Is it true that it's a relief when you drop the belt? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and, and the reason is, you have to carry the belt everywhere. You have to take it home with you. You have to go through security at the airport. Uh, you, all the attention's on you because you're carrying this damn belt around everywhere you go. So it's kind of a rip that you're champion, but it's also an honor. But, you know, a lot of guys are relieved to get rid of it because they don't have to carry it around anymore. Kurt Angle joining us on the show. Did anybody ever try to steal the belt from you? No, but somebody stole my gold medal once. <laughs> Take us through. Okay, I was in Baltimore at the arena, and afterward I walked outside uh, to leave, and uh, in our, our the talent parking lot, there were about 5,000 fans waiting for wrestlers to sign autographs. And I came out, and I put my bag down to sign a few autographs, and somebody grabbed it. They thought it was Kurt Angle merchandise, T-shirts and stuff. So they grabbed it and ran, and I looked, and I saw my bag was missing, and I freaked out. I told everybody, listen, my bag is gone. That wasn't just T-shirts or, or clothing. My gold medal was in it. So thank God a kid uh, knew who took it. He called him and uh, told him to bring it back. And the kid brought it back, and he lied to me. He said, listen, I found this over next to that bus, and I, th- I knew it was yours, so I brought it back to you. I'm like, whatever. Thank you for bringing it back. I appreciate it. But after that, I never wore my gold medal on TV anymore. I kept it at home. What I wore was my my medals when I grew up as a kid, those little cheap medals, $2 medals. I wore a bunch of those around my neck afterwards, so I never <laughs> wore the gold medal again. When wh- Do you remember your first ever amateur wrestling match? Yeah, I got my butt handed to me. I got pinned in <laughs> about 15 seconds. I was a horrible wrestler when I started. I didn't win a match my first year. I was actually horrible until I got into high school. And uh, that's when the light bulb went off my head. And what happened was a tragedy occurred for that to happen. My dad was killed in a construction accident. And losing him at that age was tough. And, uh, you know, but, but when, I, when I lost him, he was our biggest fan. Like, he, he went to every one of our sporting events. He never missed a sporting event. Even if he had to leave work early, he showed up. But, you know, I, I dedicated my athletic career to him. And I started getting more focused and more determined. And I started setting goals for myself. And by my senior year... I won a state championship in wrestling, and the rest was history. I've heard of Clarion. I'm from Northeast Ohio. People from Northeast Ohio, yeah. Western PA, obviously, we've heard of Clarion. Was it always yeah. Clarion, or were, were there other choices? Uh, well, you know what? I was getting recruited quite a bit, uh, but I wanted to stay near home, so I was going to choose between Pitt and Clarion, and I actually chose Pitt. And, uh, really? and I did an art- they did an article in the paper, Kurt Angle commits to Pitt, so when I committed to Pitt, Clarion, the head coach, called me to listen, I know you committed to Pitt. I just want you to come up and check our, our campus out. Uh, we're going to be wrestling Pitt that weekend, so you'll be to get to see your future head coach, the coach of Pitt. And if you decide you want to come to our college, then great. But if you don't, then, you know, uh, we're okay with that, as long as you at least come up and campus. And I went up, and I watched that match, Clarion versus Pitt, and there were 5,000 fans in this small gym. 
and there was a rock band behind the wrestlers playing rock music. And I was like, holy crap, I'm coming here. <laughs> I think it was that's like cool. the greatest thing in the world. It was like a football game, but in a, in a small little gym. It was incredible. Kurt Angle with us on the show. Like, that's some of the things that people don't recognize. Like, like, hey, I never wrestled. Like, I don't, I wouldn't get it, but I've, like, been to those type of things before. And, like, the buildup, they make it really, really cool. You see that, like, you see that at Iowa, Iowa State, and even yeah. there at Clarion. Like, hey, you take a sport like that, you make it big, and, and you make people fall in love with it. Am I wrong or am I, or am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It was really popular at Clarion. Their wrestling program was really good. They, they ended up uh, third in the nation the year before I, I went there. And they, they were Division One. They weren't, they, yeah. they're Division Two school, but they wrestled Division One. But they were, they had an incredible program when I started. What's it like for you to, I mean, you're, a, you're an inspirational figure to a lot of people, and you've, I mean, you've lived a life. Like, you, there's, there's life, there's mistakes, and you've had a lot of things happen to you that, I mean, are, are in a regular walk of life that have happened to a lot of people. Tragedy, you know, things that you've been through, and, and you've shown people that you can come out on the other side. Yeah, you know, I, that's why I'm an open book. I like to talk about my career, about my life, about my problem with painkillers and overcoming my addiction. Uh, also, you know, I've had a lot of deaths in my family. Uh, uh, my, my Olympic coach was murdered six months before the Olympic Games. Uh, I don't know if you know the story about Foxcatcher. Yes, I do. Yep. In the documentary. Yeah, so, um, I, you know, losing my dad when I was in high school, uh, there were a lot of things. I lost my sister. She uh, had an heroin overdose. Uh, so I talk a lot, about that, a lot about that, and I just talk about how I stay positive, and I use that as motivation to make my life better. Your product that you talk about, curable active and in CBD and, and being able to get away from opioids and using this, you know, I know a lot of former football players and and they have spoken about CBD and and products like this and what it does for them. And, you know, before in the, in the nineties, two thousands, it was take these pills, take these shots and be on with it. Do you think we're kind of having an awakening now on, on how we treat pain? Yes, I do believe that. But I also believe we still have a problem with opioids. Yes. Uh, they're not going away anytime soon. I wish they would. But you know what? You you can't. The thing is, some people can take them and not be addicted. Um, you know, they could take them uh, uh, from a rational standpoint. You know, low rations. But for me, I'm an addict. So if you have an addictive personality, you're most likely going to get addicted to painkillers. Um, you know, I was taking one painkiller every four hours uh, for my pain. And after a while, your body builds a tolerance. And one doesn't work anymore. So you end up taking two. Two led to four. Four led to eight. Before I knew it, I was taking 65 extra strength Vicodin in a day. My God. I was in deep trouble. I, I couldn't pull myself out of it. Uh, I was having withdrawal symptoms. So I had to start taking the medication because of that. And uh, thank God I, I ended up going to rehab and I got through it. And you know what? I never wanted to touch them again. And, I, you know, there are times I've been tempted because of my pain in my body. But thank God Curable came around. This product is incredible. I use it on all my pain in my shoulders, my neck, my back, my knees. It works extremely well. I apply it four to five times a day on my body. It works extremely well for me throughout the day. Kurt Angle with us on the show. And I think that 
that that has to be the important thing. And I mean, hey, you're the representative. I'm the person. I'm. I, it's an unpaid testimonial for me. But you know, you're from Western PA. I'm from Northeast Ohio. It steel mills. You know that type of stuff, physical labor, where there's not a lot of office jobs out there. So yeah, very quickly people can become addicted to these things, and it's it, it's an it's a better way, it's a less scary way to be able to treat pain and, and to be able to get through the day. It is because opioids are dangerous. It doesn't matter who's going to take them, who's not going to take them. They're just dangerous drugs that can even be a part of. Um, I, I wish I could tell. Every, I, I just want to tell everybody. Do not take opioids. Uh, those things only work for a period of time, and then they don't work anymore, and then you end up addicted to them. They don't work, but this curable active is an incredible product, and it works extremely well. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't work as long as painkillers do. You know, painkillers can last up to six to eight hours. Curable active will last two to three hours, maybe four, but as long as you keep reapplying it all day, you're going to be fine. All right, one more time, Kurt. Tell us what you're doing on Wednesday, where you're going to be on Wednesday, how people can reach out. I'm going to be at Ohio uh, at Dean Caputo's Powerhouse Gym. I'll be signing autographs and doing a Q&A from 5 to 6.30 at night on January 25th. I hope to see everyone there. Ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Angle. Kurt, we thank you very much for the time. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 